What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Jiu Jitsu Radio. I'm your host, Alex, along with your other host, Sean. Big armpits, Ambrosino. Look at that. Oh, sh- I cannot show those things Man. on camera. First, first I sample forgot. is free. First sample is free. Everyone, you know, you want another one, you got to pay. Listen, thanks so much for joining us again this week. We appreciate you. Before we get the podcast started, we just want to say a big thank you. And please don't forget to check out our Instagram page at Jiu-Jitsu Radio. And please hit the subscribe button, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music, doesn't matter. Please hit the subscribe button. That way you get the next episode of the podcast as soon as it comes out every time and you hear our lovely sexual sexy faces and, and voices. Oh, you're going to say sexual tension. No, there's that, that sexual tension has been released. Giggity. Not you on just, me. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't say it about you. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our sponsors, Chocaloha. Go to Chocaloha.com. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio and get 10% off your entire purchase of some of the best gear in Jiu-Jitsu. You can do the same if you go to jujitsusoco.com, use the promo code JJ Radio, and you'll get, oh man, we're at 20% off. You're welcome. You're freaking welcome. You can smell good. You won't look good, but you'll smell good. All thanks to us. Use the promo code at checkout. You can also check out the uh, the promo codes at the description of the podcast in case you forget. And don't forget to check out giraffechoke.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio, and you'll get free shipping on orders. 99 or more and last but not least welcome to our newest sponsor ajg underscore fight ajg fight makes the best heat presses patches for your gi whether you want to be in competition mode or you want to sit there and just look good at the gym even though your jujitsu sucks but you still want to look good ajg fight has you covered you'll get the best quality in heat pressed gis hands down whatever you're gonna say it makes the best banana bread but man i wish i get a lot i gotta ask i haven't had banana bread in a while but if you want a good looking gi and you want to get it customized whether it's your own logo your gym logo maybe you just want a photo of your family on the inside of your gi whatever they can hook it up for you check them out on instagram ajg underscore fight you can always find them on our website or on our jujitsu uh radio instagram page as well now that out of the way today is a special day because last minute entry uh i've been wanting this guy to come on to the podcast for a very very long time he is a very busy man so i appreciate the time that he took out of his day to come and sit down with us and talk to us about his whole journey in jujitsu his upcoming documentary that's coming out soon He's just an awesome guy all around. Rob from McDojo Life. If you don't know who McDojo Life is, then you're not about that life. So make sure you check him out. So without further ado. I got to put my fingers together. Like I can't just Don't throw your your gang signals at me. McDojo. M for McDojo. You got to do the D. (laughs) Rob from McDojo Life, everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. As always, my buddy here, Sean. But today we got a special guest, a 
a young man who I've been trying to get on the podcast for a long time, and it's all been on me for not securing the time. But he's he's probably one of the the more famous people in jujitsu, especially online when we're talking about jujitsu. Rob from McDojo Life. Rob, thank you so much for doing this on a Sunday. Appreciate it. Cheers to nah, you, man. Yeah. gentlemen. Cheers. cheers. I'll do a cheers for sure. Mm. Well, damn, I feel like he got the big ass can. He got that Foster's Australian for beer can over there. <laughs> yeah, man, he's got he's got his little baby Yoda. I got my champagne of beers like a grown man. <laughs> I used to love their commercials back in the day. Oh, dude, they they're like the best. Amazing, they have amazing commercials like a long day of hard work deserves only the Cadillac of beers. It's like they were trying to come up every possible like analogy. It's like, I promise you, it's an okay beer. Just drink it. Just drink it. <laughs> you were better off selling like Pabst Blue Ribbon. It's like, that what, if I came up with a beer, it'd be something, the slogan would be like, well, fuck you, you'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Drink it. Okay, well, you're right. You're right. Well, you are correct. I will drink it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you got me there. So what's going on, man? So listen, there's there's a lot of stuff that's going on. What I kind of want to do is I, I need to bring it back a little bit before we get into the, the real midi, meaty parts of everything that you got going on in your world. McDojo Life is actually one of the, the first um, jujitsu like Instagram accounts and like accounts that I started following when I first started that I really started seeing stuff and like getting kind of to see the bullshit behind like the different martial arts and things like that. And you always have like funny con like content and stuff up. Um, funny enough, uh, our sponsor, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co., you have one of my favorite all-time soaps when you did the collab. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I was going to try and steal it. I asked him if I could take the same formula. He's like, no, we already used it. <laughs> so I love that one. But where, where did you come from? Where did you come up with the idea for McDojo Life? How did everything get started for you? Um, well, I had already been in the martial arts for quite a while by the time I even tried to do McDojo Life. And it all came up from a conversation that I had. I was at a, uh, I was at a jujitsu academy that I was coaching at at the time. Uh, I was running the desk for them during the day. So I do all the paperwork and all that good stuff. And then my boss called me and he was like, yo, man, I can't make it in today. Um, could you do me a favor and cover the class? Which I give the dude credit. Like I try to make sure I say this often because the dude never called out sick. This guy was never sick. He was always there. So I knew he didn't feel well. So I covered the class. He was like, yo, teach a couple techniques. And then after that, let him spar. I was like, all right, cool. We'll just do that. So we did. And then after class, because it's a noon class, most of those dudes just work for themselves, you know, or they have a lot more free time. So we would just hang out and we would just shoot the shit. And we got on the subject of McDojo's. Well, there was a dude there and it was only a second class ever. And so he just kind of stood there and listened. He was just soaking it all in. And then when everyone left, he stopped me and he was like, hey, do we kind of talk to you? And I was like, yeah, sure. What's up? And he told me like, well, I'm a little embarrassed. Y'all guys were talking about this for a while. He goes, but I don't know what a McDojo is. And I was like, oh, well, it's an old term. It's like not new. And I, I let, I explained to him what now have become the basis of my five rules of what I consider a McDojo. And uh, he was like, huh, well, how come no one does anything about that? And I was like, that's a good ass question. And then I thought about it like all night. It like, it, bo it, bo it bothered me. Cause I've been doing this. I've been in the industry for so long at this point. I was like, well, fuck, why doesn't anyone do anything about this? And then, so I just woke up the next day, I did some research and I was like, you know what? Like, I, I guess we can just start here. <laughs> and yeah. I just, I made McDojo life the next day. That's awesome. 
How how long is the list of hate emails, messages that you've gotten over the years? Like if you were if you were to put a guesstimate on the number of go screw yourself, go you know you know what you go kick rocks about. and flip flops. How many of those let, letters, emails, whatever have you gotten over the years? I uh, I have gotten too many to count, and I've gotten some like more serious death threats. Um, I've gotten ones that were like, yeah, that's kind of funny. And I actually, I have a funny one here. If you want to hear it. Yeah. yeah let's hear it. Yes. So like, yeah, like I did someone's podcast the other day and I couldn't find it. And then I finally found it after. And I was like, fuck, I want people to hear <laughs> funny. So here's the, uh, here's a little bit of the, one of the death threats I got from Indonesia, but this Ooh. one's just funny. With, uh, McDojo, we're going to Monterey right now. Got some Taco Bell for breakfast. And he's about to tell me. The death threat of the day. Ah, the death threat of the day. Here you go. This is uh, why I love my job. So uh, the guy contacted me. He said, your face is like pig poop. <laughs> and I said, thank you. He said, you don't know the culture in Indonesia. Act like an adult. Thumbs up. I said, "Acting, uh, calling people names is acting like an adult? <laughs> Laffy face. <laughs> he said, our culture is equally accepting. You don't need to talk much if you don't know the truth. Here, the culture kills people without touching them. <laughs> he, said, he said, remember carefully. I said, please prove that. I said, I'm still currently uh, alive, so use your powers to kill me right now. He said, you are crazy, you idiot. I said, I'm still alive. He said, bastard. I said, still alive. <laughs> here with, uh, oh, that's uh, fucking great. Yeah, man. I, my inbox brings me nothing but joy all the time. And what the best part is, is like, what people don't really understand, and I, I'm blown away that people haven't caught on to this by now, is if I engage someone in a comment section for a, a longer period of time than just two little notes, I'm doing it with a smile on my face to boost the algorithm. Right, <laughs> like, right. People, people think you get so angry. And it's like, dude, you have no idea what tonality. I, like half yeah. the time, I'm, I'm sitting around like on my couch or like fucking around floating in my pool, like. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's funny, though. I fucking love it. It's like it's funny because the one video that I made, like, what, four years ago now, like, Sean, like, where it was just calling out the guy that called himself a two-time world jiu-jitsu champion and just busting balls, just like one of those joke, like, YouTube videos. To this day, I still get random messages of saying, like, oh, well, you don't know. You don't know Aikido. That would work because I will fly over to you right now and you show me how it works. I Please. Please, let's but do you this. Literally, Alex, you literally just had the guy want to fly you somewhere to fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like I had a guy threaten me over a leg lock technique. It was like a blue belt, white belt. And he said, like, I'll fly you out here from whatever shithole you live in and I'll fight you right now. I'm like, dude, please. I'm like, send me the contract. Let's do it. Let's do it. And he kept going and he doesn't realize I'm an idiot. I'll 100% go and do it. Like, so I was like, send me the contract. like, that's not, he sent me the, the rules and guidelines for the IKF um, kickboxing tournament. I was like, dude, that's not a contract. Send me the contract. And it slowly escalated from a, a grappling tournament to a MMA fight to a guitar battle where he's like, yeah, he's like, I've played with the best guitar players and best shredders in the last like decade. I was like, no, you haven't. Cause I worked with them. I know they don't know you. I was like, you're not going to play guitar when I destroy your hands. Like, just send me, like, <laughs> we can do that too, please. And it's, so like, 
That's me. I'm nobody. So for you, it's got to be an absolute just shit show. Oh, who gives it? Like, fuck them. Fuck them. Like, I don't care. Like, I think it's hilarious. Like, people, for some reason, think, especially in the martial arts industry, there's just so much bravado. There's so many people that think the answer to everything is, I'll just kick your ass. Like, okay, well, like, that's going to suck real bad. If that's all you're getting out of martial arts, right, is beating people up. What happens, hypothetically, that's going to happen to all of us. <laughs> what happens when you, have, you either get a major injury and you can no longer do that? You get some type of debilitating disease. Uh, what happens when you lose an arm? What happens when you get too old to be able to actually kick someone's ass? What are you going to get out of the martial arts then? As I've always wondered that. It's like if all yeah. you're getting out of this is I can kick your ass. All right, that's cool. You can kick my ass. So you win that. All right, cool. Now, what happens when I get older and I'm still enjoying this? And you're too old to kick ass. I'll still kick ass. Like, bitch, no, you won't. That's how it all happens. We all get invalid. We all get old as fuck. We all wind up getting injuries. Things happen, right? Life appears. And so I I always am a little dumbfounded by morons who think that it's all about the fire. It's like, like, I'll see you in 30 years, grandpa. Let's go. (laughs) It's like, if you're that much of a dick and all you're focusing on is fighting people, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Like, you're not healthy. Like, it's not good for you. Like, fighting is fun, yes. Learning techniques is fun, yes. But that's not what it's all about. Yeah, but it's- you also do something that, like, that Sean and I are, are kind of pretty big on. And it's it's not just all the, the fun joking around and calling out all the bullshit. But you're also one of the few people like us that are, are willing to call the scumbags out, like, the child molesters and, like, the, the guys that are taking their, their position in academies, like, super out of hand. Yeah, like a guy named David Arnbeck. Uh, hopefully I made sure that I said that very clearly. His name is David Arnbeck. Uh, but yeah, he molested a 15-year-old girl in his home, pled guilty, and he still runs three yeah. martial arts schools today. And those we've called happen- it out on here too. Yeah, those schools happen to be called Warriors Cove. So yeah. if anybody would like to look up David Arnbeck from Warriors Cove, he molested a 15-year-old girl. Just yeah. Like no, yeah, no, we've called him out on here too because we came to find out that one of our friends went to that school. She was just starting out to learn like jujitsu. And like he asked me, he's like, Oh, have you heard about like the school? And I'm like, No, 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 get out of there. Get tell her to fucking, she needs to drive an hour away. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, get an hour away to go to a school, but 100%. And then it's funny, the same guy. If you look at who sat there and vouched for him, who sits there and takes photos with him, like on the, like the, the school website and who's vouched for him for, for years, I mean, man, people are willing to do anything for, for money. It doesn't matter wh- who the person is. One thing about like, because one thing about Hickson, and uh, Hickson was the one who he has his black belt underneath. So mm-hmm. you were being very political, but I don't give two fucks. But Hickson, um, Hickson has already denounced him. And the guy is still posting his photos and stuff like that on his website. Yeah, so. but that was after like Hickson started getting like a ton of shit. Like it took a lot for him to finally be like, oh no, I want nothing to do with this guy. And it doesn't <laughs> take much to sit there and say, hey, you need to take my photo and stop saying that. It's not that difficult. I it's, agree. It's I really agree. not that difficult. So at one point or another, you have to sit there and, and call it out for what it is. Yeah, for sure. And I think that he should be like, yo, I'll take legal action if you don't take my likeness off your website, because I'm not giving you that permission to use it. Um, there's definitely some things that he should be doing. Um, but even the, the um, what is the organization that he's running? The um, Global Jiu-Jitsu Federation, is that his? The Hickson one? 
Is that his? Is I the think global? so. I think it's global. Let me. I can't. Check. I can't like quote it because I'm not sure. But I'll I know the Global right Jiu-Jitsu Federation itself has done some shady things, man. Like oh, it's a very tons. easy process to get a to get certified under them. Like I've already called out like three different people. I send them information. And I'm like, yo, this dude's full of shit. Here's proof that he's full of shit. And they did take one guy down. But then when I showed another, I guess they just got tired of having to take people down. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like they no. kind of are ignoring me at this point. It's yeah, like it's, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Global Federation. There you go. But yeah, like they just started ignoring me now. Every time, like I thought we were team, homie. Like what the fuck? Like I thought like you, maybe you make a mistake. I'm cool on the back end. And I, I tell you what's going on. You remove them. We move on with the day and you guys are still in good graces. With yeah. the community. But like after like it happens like three or four times and then those people aren't removed. Like I had proof that one dude said he was a black belt under like three different people. Right. And I wrote those people. I was like, hey, is, you know this dude? And his name's Daypak Rao. And he's like some dude that teaches like the military in India. And I, I ran across his website and it was like he used the tap out logo as yeah. his like logo. Oh, I remember. I've seen that yeah. guy. I've seen that on, I've seen that page on the web. Yeah. Um, it was that the guy that, that, that was going to teach the one federation as well. Um, was that the same guy that was, the, there's a one fight, F, one FC, they have a school. Do you remember that? No. Um, I, all I know is this dude has taught the military though the big red flags were just basic positioning you know like we all know what a half guard is if yeah. you've done jiu-jitsu for like a week you understand that what a half guard is and so he was showing like a half guard is like well the person's laying down inside your guard so that's half guard and when they sit up it's full guard and i was like no jiu-jitsu practitioner on the fucking planet would ever say that and so then he starts showing like a, what he called a rear supine hold which is just a back mount you know, and he's got the back mountain, he's got his legs all crossed up and I'm sitting there looking at them things like they'd be delicious to break off. Yeah. Um, you know, like, it's can you just try that on me, please? <laughs> can, I, can I try it? Yeah. Cross them up. Please cross them up. <laughs> but it's the same as, uh, was it, uh, is it the Eskrima guys, the Russian dudes? What's it called? Sistema. The Sistema. That's what it is. Like it's those same two assholes. They're like, yeah, we, we were generals in the Russian army and this is the system that we taught. Like, no, no, you did not. You were definitely in the army. Sure. But you never taught anybody. Well, like he's got a rad know. name. Let's let's give him that. Deepak Rao. That's just that sounds like somebody you wouldn't want to fuck with. Yeah, that sounds like a dude who would like have like a deep philosophy on life. Yeah, like he's, he, that's a guru name all day. Like he's got I, a, I would, got I would buy that book. That's a self help book <laughs> waiting to happen. It's like that's a foreign name. He probably knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Better your life in ten steps by Doctor Deepak Rao. I would love to just write a bullshit book like that. Just better your life in 10 easy ways and just put bullshit stuff. And at the end, don't buy stupid books like this. That's it. <laughs> there you go. It's all yours. So well, now, I, like I said, I, I love your stuff. And and I've, I've even sent you a couple of guys, like the one down in Miami that was sitting there taking uh, money from everybody. He took money from, uh, from the government and everything. But you're taking it a whole step further and like this the since last year right you started the documentary that you've been working on can you yeah, give man. us some more info on what's going on where you're at with everything oh hell yeah man i'm actually excited to talk about it because we've already we have like maybe three more things we need to film um i can't tell you the last thing we're filming because we're still working on that but the uh, everything else we can, we've already filmed so we can talk about but yeah it's been in production for three years oh, so wow. like the original like 
uh, pre-production started with just the idea, the concept, is this possible? What will we talk about? How would the storyline go? All that. And that took about a year. And during that time, we came up with a crowdfunding campaign in which we launched and we were fairly successful. <laughs> like the movie we wanted to make was like $200,000. Yeah. And the movie we are making is $20,000 because that's how much we raised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the problem was, is like some asshole, you probably, y'all guys might actually know who this guy is, but some asshole went out there like a year before we were starting to do ours. Maybe it was even two. And he did a crowdfunding campaign through the community about like, he was going to do a documentary about like red belts or something like that. About Oh, like, that guy? You know, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, some, some, uh, High Will Teague bullshit name or something like that. Is that that guy's name? I'm not sure. I just yeah. know that the problem was is he left a really poor taste in a lot of people's mouths about yeah. crowdfunding because he never followed through. And so yeah. we had a lot of people like, oh, well, I'm not going to fall for that again because I gave this other guy. I'm like, I'm not that guy, but I yeah. get it, right? And then uh, once we started crowdfunding, I guess somebody saw that, took a shitload of my content and made a small like 15, 20 minute documentary and put it on YouTube for free. And then people were like, well, I'll just watch this. It's got to be the same thing. Like, bitch, no, it's not. All this uh, dude did was do a voiceover of my content. Like, no. okay. And so that was a dick move. And that thing got like 3 million views or something like that. Like that thing's like. See, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know your, your idea was real, was legit. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that was. The one that was that that got fucked over about the red belts, that was like flow grappling. They raised like two hundred grand and stuff, and didn't take any kind of money. That was like high well. But yours, like that stuff, like man, that's why even like when I had the the video on on the guy down in Miami, as soon as like I reached out to you and showed you, like I gave you everything. Like no way, dude. Like you're you're the man for all this stuff for sure. I want to support as much as I can. I was like. Even the, the the videos, other stuff that I want to do, it's like I'm so careful not to be that guy because especially in jiu-jitsu, there's so many biters. There's so many fucking biters and, like, style takers and stuff like that, man. It's like, no way. I would rather support you than take your style like that. That's a dick move. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And, of course, like, that also kind of hurt our crowdfunding because, again, people were like, well, they don't know the scale in which we're trying to do what we're doing. They were, for some reason, people think that we're raising funds to make some type of a YouTube documentary. Like, why the fuck would I do that? Yeah. Like, I can just do that, like, with what I have now. Like, that would be dumb. And so, but now, um, you know, once we started, we our crowdfunding was over. We got 20. So I talked to the production team here, and they were like, you know what, we can work with it. And I know they're making sacrifices in order to make this happen, even on such a tight budget. And I'm making sacrifices, like, we're all making sacrifices with the tight budget that we have. Um, it's ramen noodles over here, homies. But <laughs> anyway, but uh, when it came down to like us starting, we were going to start last April filming, but COVID hit in March. Yeah. And so that was like a big road bump. And we were like, oh, fuck, we can't really, we don't know what's going to happen or how serious this is or what we need to do. Like, it was a big panic, like in the United States over this shit. So yeah. we we're like, look, we'll wait until August and maybe this thing will clear up. And everything did. It started lockdown, started to ease up. And then a week before, because I had already scheduled with them to come out when we were going to start filming all that. A week before August, uh, the California lockdowns went back to purple or whatever the highest lockdown they had. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. I was like, well, we can't do a documentary about martial arts without putting martial arts in it. Yeah. Like, no schools are open. Like, and then, of course, now we got speakeasy jujitsu everywhere. So that's cool. But anyway, so... We were like, all right, let's push. And then right around Christmas time, you know, we all got talking again and we were like, hey, 
we need to just go ahead and do this. Like, we don't know when this will ever ease up. We have the money. This isn't our money. This is other people's money. We need to be respectful of their time and make sure that we put in the work and get show something so people know we're going to do this. And then we did. And so now we've been filming for a month and a half now. Um, and we got pure gold, pure gold. Like uh, we, we got, not only do we have some of the most famous con artists to ever do it, interviewed just for this documentary. Um, and they admit the craziest shit. Like one dude literally says he can dodge bullets. Like, no. uh, like he, yeah. Like um, wh who else, uh, what else did we do? We got a, uh, we got a guy who come to teach us a seminar uh, who does the pressure point, no touch knockout stuff. And so we got him to come teach us a seminar and agree to allow us to use his likeness, allow us to film everything. And we, we kind of did this experiment and I won't say all of it, but I'll give you guys just a little taste because it's like my favorite part of the movie so far. Um, we haven't edited yet, but I can't wait to get this in there. So he came out uh, at first. He was like, Hey, I'll do a private lesson for like this amount of money. And he goes, but did you want a private lesson or a seminar? I was like, Oh, a seminar is an option. I was like, all right. Well, I was like, I was like, that would be better because then it's not my personal bias. Then it becomes a real social experiment. And I can get 10 completely different strangers to come in and take this class. And that's what I did. I got 10 different people to show up, um, one of which had never trained a day in his life. Um, and then the other nine were all trained in different things, specifically on purpose. We had a capoeira guy there. We had a Krav Maga lady there. We had a wrestler there. We had a jujitsu guy there. We had a jujitsu world champion there. Um, I was taking the class. And then we had like one other guy who was like a Muay Thai guy. So we had this big spread of these different martial artists from different arts. And what I told them to do was, all right, for the first hour of this seminar, just go with it. Whatever he teaches you, whatever he shows you, if it doesn't hurt, pretend it does. If it's out of his mind crazy just, <laughs> it. just go with it but i said uh. <laughs> i told them for the second hour be yourself i didn't tell them to be aggressive i didn't tell them to attack this man i said be yourself if it doesn't work don't pretend that it does if you have questions you should be asking them you know and then they did um and then my favorite part the reason i bring this up is after of course the first hour he's teaching us nonsense he's teaching right. us all right, well, if I knock you unconscious with one of these things, you need to learn how to cross the legs and slap the neck. So he taught us how to do that. Um, you know, he taught us about like, oh man, if you knocked out because of the heart, then you're going to revive you this way. But if you're knocked out because of the brain, then you're going to revive somebody this way. It was all bullshit, right. um, but it was funny. Um, and then, so it's a whole bunch of me basically for an hour, Jim Halperding into the camera, just giving it weird looks as yeah. he's doing the shit, but I'm going with it. And then after the hour, people just start asking questions, rapid fire. And it really kind of like, you could tell it threw them off. Like, and these were all questions that any legit martial artist would just answer. Yeah. Um, he starts profusely sweating. And like, we haven't done anything to exert any energy whatsoever. Everybody's bone dry in there. It's a matter of fact, a little chilly. Um, but this dude's profusely sweating um, because of the questions. And then so finally he was like, you know what? Let's just open up the last 30 minutes to just Q&A. And I was like, oh, that's fair. And then so he was like, did anybody have any questions about anything specific? And one dude shot his hand up. He was like, well, what about a knife? What if someone attached you with a knife? And then the instructor got super excited. And he's like, oh, he goes over to his bag. He grabs out his rubber knife. He comes back to the front of the class. And he's so excited to answer this question. He was like, well, what angle of attack and what are they doing to me? So that way I can show you how to defend it. He was like, what about the old prison shank? The upward stab. And so... 
he was like, oh, okay. And he hands the knife to one of the students who happens to be the only person there who has never trained a day in their life, mm. which is what makes us so juicy. So he hands the knife to the person who's never trained. And I'm sending back just like, oh, it's going to be so fucking good. I know it is. And it was. So he's like, so he was like, all right, go ahead and stab me like that. And then our camera dude just starts stabbing the piss out of him while he's trying to do this, like Gundam style, his arm. So he's like trying to hit his arm like this with the back of his knuckles. And every time he does it, it doesn't work and he gets stabbed. So he does it harder and he gets stabbed and he does it again. And it happens like 15 times. And then somebody in the audience was like, um, well, like, wouldn't this work better? And they did like just the standard two on one grip on the knife. Right. And then that guy did not get stabbed. And this dude had the audacity to be like, yeah, but now you're stuck there. That wouldn't work nearly as good as this. <laughs> it's like, but, <laughs> nope, now I'm not getting stabbed, which is the entire point, right? I just don't want to get fucking stabbed. I don't uh, care if we stand here all night. If I don't get stabbed, I'll be here. I promise. Yeah. And then so like, he goes, I wouldn't do that because now I can get closer. And so he does. He gets closer and he like wraps his arms around him in like a bear hug, but he doesn't actually stop the weapon hand at all. So the, our cameraman's <laughs> weapon arm is free and behind his back. And so he's talking to the class. See, I'm much closer, much safer. And our cameraman on point is doing this in the background, <laughs> but he doesn't actually touch him with the knife. Yeah. And so as he's like, as you can clearly see, I've gotten closer and I'm much safer as he's getting stabbed like a billion <laughs> times in the back. And so somebody, somebody in the audience is like, well, what, what happens when he stabs you in the back? And he goes verbatim. He says, well, if you don't see the blood, it's not that bad. What? I mean, if you don't, if you don't see the blood, it's not it's that not bad. bad not that bad if you don't see the blood if you get stabbed fifty thousand times in the back and don't see the blood eh, you'll be okay yeah, walk <laughs> it off walk it off yeah, yeah you'll be fine it's in the past it's in the past yeah. it was it was so funny and like <laughs> oh. we the space that we used um it was a real gym a real a real jiu-jitsu academy and it was like in compton of all places <laughs> and so like people were coming in like for their next class because we were allowed to use the space for a certain period of time but mm. there were still evening classes going on after that and like the people who were sitting there who weren't in on this whatsoever are just like mouth open to head tilted. Like what the fuck? Like it's just the, it was the greatest thing ever. I and wish how many, how, how, how fancy was his belt? Um, actually he was, it wasn't, it wasn't super fancy. Like he was in a t-shirt. He was like pretty relaxed, but something that one of the guys harped on a lot was uh, I think his, his shirt said something like, realistic self-defense or something like that and it was anything but um i don't remember exactly um but it was pretty pretty damn funny because it wasn't that at all um i, I uh, wish you could just like you would have just invited uh, me for that one i would have flown myself out to compton just to sit there and watch just sit in the back like, <laughs> like so no, you got I any more of those going on let me know i'm in I'll i would never do out. that I've been, I've been, I've been a part of one of those. I had a guy come to my gym, this guy named Neil, old guy. And it was along those lines. Um, and he brought somebody to, to demonstrate with, and my white belt gets up and he, he, he goes here, I'll show you. And he goes to my white belt and my white belt doesn't do anything. He just holds it. Or he goes like, he just goes like this. He goes, he turns his wrist this way and the guy's like well you can't do that it's like it's because and i was like and i was ne i've never been so uncomfortable in my life 
it's so cringe. It's like, uh, and like I couldn't leave because it's my school. Like if it was, <laughs> if I was I anywhere it. else, I would have walked away. But it was my school, and I had to sit there and go. And Brooks, my partner, uh, Alex is my partner, sat down. The guy started his spiel, and I'm not kidding you. Three minutes after he started his spiel, he got up and walked out. It was, uh, oh yeah. my god, it was the worst. So it was wait, the worst. So Those things are the worst. Who brought him in? He Please tell me it was you. The gym. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it was Sean. No, he, For Sean, Sean heard it. He's like, met him at the bar. He's like, yeah, why don't you come in? Tell you to something. No, no, no. Yeah, right. No, no. He just, he just found the gym somehow. Like you know how people find gyms. Oh man. So, and, uh, so what happened? Was it? Can I what? show you guys something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have like a conspiracy wall here. Oh, nice. So it's a. So I, I just want to show you just a little behind the scenes stuff. So this is our um, this is our storyboard, which is obviously nice. massive because we really should make a fucking show out of this, but we're trying to condense it into a movie. Where's so George Dillman on that list? Actually, he's right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we got you got all your hard hitters here, and I will say this right. So so we have uh, we have the old Count Dante, of nice. course, uh, but. We actually got his number two, the guy who's now in charge of Dillman Karate International. We interviewed him. Um, Frank Dukes we're working on. Uh, Hatsumi Sensei, we have a huge bit of the movie about uh, the Bujin Khan and how that's a cult. We interviewed James Heydrich, who is now oh, an American yes. Love So that we guy. interviewed him. Um, we interviewed Ashita Kim. Uh, so we have Ashita Kim. You know, he's the one who says he can dodge bullets. We interviewed Evan Pantazzi. Um, Evan Pantazzi also believes in the no-touch knockout stuff. Uh, Mikhail, uh, it didn't fit into the movie. So oh, we come yeah. on. Mikhail yeah, is know. like... Wait, that's, that's the is Godfather. that Sistema? Yeah, that's yeah. the Sistema guy. That's, that's the guy that like will punch you in the chest do like a floppy uh, hand and crush you. But this is a, st a good story if you ever get a chance. This will make an appearance in there. But uh, Pizza Dojo is pretty crazy. And then, of course, we have our just random walls of other cults that we're trying to pay attention to and study so that way we can look at this. But what we're looking at this is from a position of not, let's just go beat them up, because that's really fucking dumb and illegal. Um, we were trying to do this as an actual documentary and a science experiment. So we want to look at this and go, well, why do people do this? Why do people stay with this even in a time like now where we have access to know that it's not real? Um, why do people become cult leaders like this? How are they fooling people into believing this kind of thing? And man, we got some good shit. Um, I'm, and right now we're just waiting on one or two more things to, to come through. And if they do, that'll just be icing. But as of right now, with all those interviews with those those are con men. They're all yeah. famous con men. And we got well, to well, I, most of them. Are they con men if they believe their own shit? Sure. Yeah, sure they are. Yeah, they're still lying. You, yeah, that still count, that still counts as a con man. If they believe they're it. Delusional. It, they're they're delusional. Delusional. Yeah. Just because you're crazy doesn't mean you're not lying. Well, like, let's look at it this way. Like, if, uh, if I taught you a jab and I know a jab works and you do the jab and the jab didn't work for you that time, it doesn't mean that a jab doesn't work. The jab still works. It just wasn't effective. Maybe that one time you tried it, right? If you tried it a billion more times, eventually you're going to nail somebody right. with a jab, right? And you're going to do it probably pretty often, right? If you, especially if you have a good jab. But if I teach you something like knocking someone out with your mind, um, that's not only delusion, but that's fraud because I'm telling you something that is not true and I'm doing it on purpose. And so even if they believe that it is true, that doesn't mean that it is true. 
Um, I could believe that this is a Coca-Cola. It's not a Coca-Cola, no matter how much I believe that. And if I put this online and I tried to sell it as a Coca-Cola and somebody bought that, they would be frauded. That yeah. would be fraud. I, I lied to them. Um, and so no matter if I believe it or not, it's still a con. What about the the guy? I, I'll never remember his name, but there's the famous clip of him like with a group of people on the beach and he's telling the lady to put all her energy out and he steamrolls her full blast. And then Yellow he starts bamboo. shaking afterwards. Is it? Yeah. Right. What was his name? That's a that's a group called Yellow Bamboo. And I love the part, by the way, where he starts shaking afterwards. It's yeah. the equivalent of accidentally hitting your brother in the face and then pretending <laughs> you're hurt, too. You're like, oh, mom's coming. Ow, I'm hurt. Oh, mm. oh. Hurt. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. What about like getting that? Oh, what about getting that guy on the on the movie? Well, it doesn't, it just doesn't fit like um, the backbone. I, you know, one of the, one of the keys of, of doing this was finding somebody who was a part of a cult and got out. Right. And so there was a guy named Lewis Martin and he wrote a book and the book is about his experience in joining a martial arts cult and then getting out of it. And so he went through the entire motions and he gave us like all this footage. It's incredible. Like, I, I don't know how the hell we're going to watch it all, but it's like 30, 40 DVDs of like ceremonies and testings and speeches and all these crazy shit. But he, he was in a position where he got to witness some really serious stuff. And some of the stuff was like one person burned his car, uh, set his car on fire to commit insurance fraud to be able to afford to pay for classes because um, that's how deep he was into the cult. Right. Another person was told literally to leave his family um, because they were getting in the way of his martial arts training. And I think he actually did. Um, you know, there was like, like a married man with kids and, and a wife kind yep. of. Holy shit. And so and, like, and, that's just a guy trying to get out. <laughs> He's uh, just trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you guys are fucking on my vibe, man. I got to go. I got to go train. Hey, can I get one of you guys to just tell me that this is a good idea to leave my wife? Anybody <laughs> <for> <laughs> who, who's got the good reason? Somebody who's gonna... <laughs> I need something with an out. You know, it, it is. It, looking at it in this way asking the question why why like with so much you know with the rise of mma with with legit martial arts everywhere um how do these people still buy it that is a very interesting question well, and so then calling it a cult like i like i was like oh it's like i like i get it but then when you just said it and and described this guy i guess it really is it, it's you be, you have to believe what these guys believe or else Bada bing, bada boom, you're out. And, and there's a lot of like subtleties to it. And of course, I'm just a student here. I'm just an observer. So all I'm doing is I'm just asking the questions and other people are giving me the answers. And then we're going to take with that and do with that the best we can to help people understand. But when we were talking to psychologists, reading psychology papers on cults and how they operate, um, one, which was a really big thing that kind of stood out, and it's been proven time and time and time again, is that people of high intelligence actually join cults. We're talking doctors, lawyers, physicists. Like we're, we're not talking about just some schmuck in a trailer park. And one of the, one of the ways that it, that was explained to us was people who have money and people of intelligence, they have the opportunities to go look to better themselves. Whereas somebody who's poor, the only thing they're trying to do is get by. All they're focusing on is I just want to make it to the next day. They don't have time to go explore their spirituality and their feelings and go to fucking Woodstock, you know? The bitch, I'm broke. I gotta go to work. 
right? Yeah. And that's what they do. And that's what they focus on. And so we've, we've seen it over and over and over and over again that anyone, and I know that this is going to maybe make people go, no, not me, but that's, it's just true. Anyone under the right circumstances at the right time in your life could fall into a cult. Yeah. You got to get caught. Yeah. You can get caught at any time. I mean, those, those guys are just, it's like a car salesman. They can read that person and see, this is what this sucker will buy. This is how much they got. This is what I can do with them. It's just the snake that knows exactly what it's going to get. But it, like you said, it, it makes sense. If anytime you look at a cult cult, one of the rules is always going to be, you're going to have to give us all your possessions. You're going to have to give us all your money. You've never seen a cult that says we want to sit there and get like the, the, the broke people to come in. You always uh -huh. want the people with the most money that are going to fund your lifestyle, that are going to get you that jet. They're going to get everything that, that you want. Like it's and, always the case. And, you know, I think that people don't realize even subtleties in the martial arts. Some of it's really culty. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, one of the one of the terms that I cannot stand and now and can confirm that this is cult uh, culty is the term creanche. Mm -hmm. right which means traitor and then this term has been used for people who just simply go to another gym all of a sudden oh you trade are you a creanche no no you know come back to gym it's yeah. like bitch i'm paying you for a service yeah like i'm paying you money you provide a service you one you don't get to dictate how i as a grown man get to handle my life outside of this building the moment that they start trying to control your life outside of that atmosphere it's a cult you're in yeah. um, And then like, people are like, well, you know, it's, it's just, you know, they're upset. No, they're trying to control your life. They're trying to control who you're able to see, who you're able to hang out with, what you're able to learn. All of those are trying to be controlled by basically downgrading you to tell you there's something wrong with you because you're not allowing them to control your life. Yeah, and you're that's extremely culty. Yeah, you're treating it like it's a relationship, like you cheated on me. When at the end of the day, the only reason why you really give a shit is because you're worried it's going to affect your pocket. That's which really what it true. comes to. Yeah. Which isn't true. Like, that's that's what's crazy is like, if I go, like, for instance, I've seen this happen way too often than it should, where somebody has a seminar at a school where someone of name or clout is teaching a seminar. Well, it's not at this school, and I would like to go learn from that person. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving the school. I am just taking a class. And then all of a sudden, oh, you traitor, you, you must go. You no longer come back. Like, bitch, fuck you. How about that? How about I take my money and I'll give it to somebody because I, most people don't even think about it, but you can learn whatever it is you want to learn pretty much anywhere. Yeah. You want to go play on a basketball team? Pick one of the 30 in town. Yeah. Do you want to like do, do you want to make a pickup game with your homies? Go do that. Do you want to learn piano? Pick any one of the piano teachers. Why do you stay with that instructor or that school? It's because you like it. Yeah. I like the I've, people. I like the atmosphere. I like the instructor. But the moment it becomes a cult and you take that like away, I will find another place that I like, you know? Yeah. By the way, that's that's part of my argument for for calling my, like, I call my brand American Jiu-Jitsu. There's a big thing. And I've been doing it since before. I did it before the kind of the... Uh, before it was cool. Well, before, not when I wasn't going to say that, but thank you. But no, no, I did it before it got, um, you know, it got any kind of like attention, like how it became a thing between Brazilian and American. And the only reason is, is because I'm an American. I have American influences. There's more than just 
Brazilian influences in my jujitsu. There's there's American catch wrestling. There's all kinds of other things apart that are a part of my jujitsu. So I call it American jujitsu. But another part of the Americanization of Brazilian jujitsu is that that cross training is a good thing uh, mentality. And and where my my loyalty is the 150 bucks that I give you every month. That's my loyalty. That's all you deserve. That's it. I give you this money. You give me, you give, you give me lessons. That's, that's, that's the end of the transaction. And I think what, what you're saying there is I, that's part of the Americanization as far as I'm concerned of, of jujitsu and other, other martial arts. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Like everything else, like you just said, right. Our transaction is I give you money and, and in exchange, I get a lesson, a class. That's what I'm paying for. I'm paying for classes. Um, if everything else is, is supplementary, everything else just comes when it's earned, just like it would be with anyone else, right? If you have friends, like you have friends, maybe you respect more than others. Why? It's not because there's money involved. It's because that person's earned my respect, right? And then what, what martial arts instructors sometimes fail to, to realize is a monetary transaction does not necessarily mean that I have to respect you. Like, I don't have to respect you. I don't have to like you. Shit, I've had a math teacher. I remember a math teacher in high school. I could not stand. She was a biatch with a capital C. She was the worst human being on the planet. But you know what? She was a damn good teacher. I hated her, but I learned me some fucking math, right? So like, it's the same thing with jujitsu, right? I, I can not like my instructor, love the atmosphere, like love everyone there and really enjoy it and know that, man, you know, I don't like you, but I stay because you're pretty damn good at this, right? right? That doesn't necessarily mean I have to respect you. That doesn't mean I have to listen to your advice on my diet because you're not a dietitian. So feel free to suck my balls on that one. That doesn't mean that I have to listen to your driving advice, right? Martial arts instructors, for some reason, have this like grandiose vision of people think that they're higher or higher than they really are. They're like, the, they're the wise old man or they're going to have this wisdom that you don't like man i'm the same age <laughs> like but like, like we have we have life experiences like there are just some people who are wise and some people are aren't some people just teach martial arts and that's all they do they don't have anything else to offer and that's okay you know but i'm curious with obviously with the documentary and everything's going on and i'm trying to get like five ideas into one thing but did you interview any of the students of these individuals that are still in it and they kind of already know, like they knew that it was bullshit, but they stayed in it. Lewis Martin, the guy who wrote that book. Yeah. He was with it. He was like, he had a, he had like a very interesting hierarchy. Like he originally, our um, storyline. So he originally, when he moved, he moved to someplace around here actually for college. And when he moved there for college, um, he was like, I want to reinvent myself a little bit. And I guess people do that shit with college, right? It's a, a nice transitionary period to, to be something maybe that you wanted to be and be a different person, better yourself. So he does that. And he was like, you know what? One of the things I really want to do when I go to college is I want to learn jujitsu. He saw the first several UFCs. He had hooked him. He wanted to learn jujitsu. And so what does he do? Like he starts looking around in the area and he calls all these different schools. So hopefully this will be a good business tip for any school out there. Um, but he calls all these different schools. Out of the 10 schools that he called, only one called him back. So he was looking for all, he was looking to join a jiu-jitsu school. He called jiu-jitsu schools. They didn't call him back. So what did he do? He just went to the place that called him back for the trial class. 
yeah. which is what pretty much what happened with anyone, right? So he goes to try out this this place, and when he gets there, there's like a there's like an atmosphere that's really what felt to him like a happy place. Everybody seemed to really be enjoying themselves. Everybody was friendly to him. The instructor was nice to him. Introduced himself right off the bat. Like everybody seemed to be all in on this, and he was sold on the fact that well they do grappling. And so I can learn grappling, but I can also learn about using a sword and I can also learn about, you know, being a ninja and I can also learn about all these things. And so they sold them on the program. And then after a while, he started to really get into it and he got his black belt in a matter of like nine months, um, which is a huge red flag, but that was how he was sold. You know, he was sold on the fact that, you know, our system is so good that we can teach you how to be an efficient black belt in a much shorter amount of time. So he was sold on that, which we all know is horse shit, but it's easy to be sold when you just don't know anything. Yeah. And so he goes and then he winds up getting his black belt and he's at a party and somebody was like, well, can you show me maybe something that you learned? And he tries like a wrist lock. And when he tries a wrist lock, the guy just pulls his hand away, which is like how you can defend against like, I don't know, 90% of wrist locks without a good position. You know, you can wrist lock shit out of somebody with a solid position, but right. just standing, it's difficult to wrist lock someone. And so the person just pulls their hand away and he goes, hey, let me try it again. It's like, <laughs> it worked so well in class. And the guy just pulled his hand away again. And then that was the first seed of doubt. But that was that was a well into a year of his training at that point. Yeah. And so then he had a guy who started with him and moved and had only, you know, he had been in the in that particular system for a while when he moved that guy started learning jujitsu and he was like a two stripe white belt when he came back to visit. And so when he got back, he took a class at the studio, hung out with his old friends and Lewis was there and the guy tried to teach him jujitsu. And the instructor was like, nope, not allowed to do that on this mat. Don't do that. That's not a part of our curriculum. We don't want to see it. You're going to learn bad ideas. And so they were like, he was the, so the dude and Lewis were like, okay, well, it's not allowed here. We'll just go meet up somewhere to train together. And they're like, cool. So they met in a park. And Lewis got yoked up like nine times in a row by a two-stripe white belt. And this dude, and Lewis was a black belt. And yeah. what he was trying to do was all the pressure point stuff that he had learned that was going to work so effectively. But he realized, holy shit, like at, that was an epiphany moment for him that this just doesn't work. And then like, so he started to cross train. So he started to train a little bit of jujitsu and do the art that he was still doing because he's still in it. Like he's still all about like maybe some of the other stuff. Yeah. And then over time, he starts to realize like, holy shit, like one of our, like one of the coaches there was raping women. And uh, he learned about this. And then one of the ladies decided to step forward and like come forward. Well, she was also a part of this cult and she didn't want to tear down the cult because that's a part of her identity. So what she did rather than going to the police was she went to the head of the organization and said, hey, you know, this, this guy sexually assaulted me. And then the head of the organization was like, well, why don't you go to the police? <laughs> and like, he was like, there's nothing I can do about it unless you go to the police. Like, well, you could just fire him. Yeah. And so like, he decided not to come to find out that that dude as well was sexually assaulting. Yeah. And so like the, the, the interesting thing about cults is once it becomes more than just your hobby, once it becomes your family and your life, that's when things start to take a little bit of a turn for the crazy. And yeah. uh, that's when, that's where we need to keep a little bit of a separation here to understand that you can give too much of yourself to these people, you know, like so you need to reserve some of that for you. There needs to be a, a you, an identity that is outside of martial arts. Because if, it, it, if you don't have that identity, like what happens when that part goes away? What happens when you have, like you have to rediscover yourself in your fifties because you realize that you've been in a cult for 10 years, 
you know, like that's, that's a problem. And that's what I'm trying to, to help people with, with this documentary is to show them like, look, these are some people who actually went through this. They had a bad experience here. You don't have to go through this. Give them, give people a baseline of understanding of what to ask, what to look for and how to get started for, and then they can make their own decisions. I can't tell people what to do or what not to do. All I can do is give them information. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's the part that like, that bugs me is there's so many people where they're still in it. And when you ask them why, well, because I'm happy when I'm here, but you see everything else that's going on. Yeah. But I'm happy here. It's like, that's the part that, that I've yet to understand on everybody's looking for something, right? Some people it's religion. Some people it's like martial arts clicks into them. Cause I was, I started off with capoeira and that thing is super culty. Capoeira mm -hmm. is literally like definition of culty. Like there's, there is no even question about cross training someplace else. Like, no, you're done. Like people getting stabbed and killed or whatever in capoeira is common. It's super duper common. It's just, it happens. Like there's one guy, when I first started at the school down here, one of the first stories I heard was they, they have what's called a holda, which is like when they go out, like if there's like a big event, like a party or like a, a block party or something, people start doing capoeira right there. One of the guys from our school started going up against somebody from another school down in Miami or something and ended up kicking that guy's ass. Like, even though it was like capoeira, like they were kind of faking it. It wasn't hundred percent. They got a couple of shots in. Next thing you know, he gets jumped by like 15 people, gets put into a coma. Guys, it's fucking capoeira. Like, Wait, over a dance? Over a dance. Like, but it because it happened and he got embarrassed in front of everybody because he got schooled, like, that's it. Like, it became well, a whole I'm thing. A, I'm glad I'm a shitty dancer. I'd never get in that circle anyway. That's so. what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's like, man, are you, are we really fucking doing this? Like, like, wh why am I going to sit there and get involved in this shit? Like, I'm here to train. If I'm going to go fight, I'm going to go fight. I'll go do it that way. But I'm not going to sit there and worry. And it, it became a thing where they would tell us, like, hey, careful don't go over there like don't do it like any capoeira over there because it's gonna start fights and stuff like that like hold on motherfucker this isn't brazil i do whatever the fuck i want where I want. if i decide to start dancing randomly in the middle of miami it's gonna happen someone wants it they can get it but you're not gonna tell me i can't do whatever the fuck i want legally someplace else because i'm worried about getting jumped up by a different cult like it's it gets so out of hand that it's like it's a full-on kung fu movie yeah it's weird and you know like um even like we me and you before we started we were talking about the thing that's going on with elite sports like mm -hmm. even though there's like all of this evidence like evidence like straight up red-handed evidence that's already out there now um people are still like well i like their geese so i'll just keep buying them yeah. well let's like, let's go back so 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 because obviously you and i know we've we've been in it enough a lot of people do not know. So if you want to give them kind of like a backstory about what's going on, where you're at with everything, so they, they kind of understand where we're coming from. Yeah, for sure. Well, Elite Sports is a martial arts gear company um, that's a little bit more known for their geese because their geese are like basic starter geese, I guess you could say. Man, they're not super expensive, but they're not shit quality either. So it's like a good starter gee. Um you know, I, I, shit, I still have a couple that I was given, which I plan on burning um, because of the company such shit. But um, it's, so the quality of the product wasn't my issue. The, the issue was is that what they were doing is they have a long track record of defrauding, ripping people off and criminal activity. 
one of the main things they've been doing and just got really busted for because people talk in the industry um, is they were reaching out to influencers and they were saying, hey, we'd like you to run a contest for us. Once the contest rules are already set up and the contest is already underway, they get real quiet. They allow things to do their thing. After the influencer contacts them back and says, hey, I've selected winners and gives the winners to Elite Sports, Elite Sports says, no, we're not going to let those people win. They don't have at least a thousand followers. We need something for our money. You're going to have to go back and reselect winners that have over a thousand followers. And so that is what's called an illegal lottery. That is a hundred percent illegal. You cannot do that. If you were to do that and make that a stipulation, that has to be set forward at the very beginning in the rules, which they would never do. And so what they were doing was, um, you know, con contestants weren't getting geese. Um, they weren't getting paid out because they didn't have enough followers. Um, they weren't following through with paying people. They tried to do that with me like two years ago when they contacted me originally. They said, hey, we just want you to take a couple pictures wearing our gi, post it on your site, your page, and then we'll pay you. And so I did that. I followed their directions. I, they gave me a gi. It was a good working relationship. And then when it came time for payment, they were like, that's not good enough. You need to do more. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do more because this was our agreement. I followed through on my end. You need to pay me. And they were like, we're not going to. I was like, all right, I'm going to let you know right now. And this entire community, you made the biggest fuck up you have ever made. Because my entire career is to talk and call out frauds. And if you're yeah. going to be fraudulent with me right now, I will get in that ass. And then so we wind up calling and they did wind up paying me. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Cutting my losses. I'm not going to work with them anymore. Well, couple of weeks back, I'm scrolling or a couple of days ago. Sorry, it's not even that old. A couple yeah. of days ago, I'm scrolling. And one of the meme pages that I follow posts like about uh, the issue that they had. And they were like, look, I'm not going to do this with this company. So I start talking to them and talking to other meme pages. Come to find out this has been going on for years. Yeah. And not only has it been going on for years, but they're still trying to do it right now, even after they've been caught. They're still doing it. They're still contacting random people. They were um, telling people, hey, if you buy our gear, we'll reimburse you. What we want you to do is buy our gear, leave a review. After you do that, we'll reimburse you. And so what people were doing was buying the gear, leaving reviews. And then when they come back to get reimbursed, they said, oh, we changed our policy. We're no longer doing reimbursements. And yeah. they did that to at least a dozen people that I know of. And they probably did it to more than that. And so the company has this track record. And of course, because they're paying for reviews, they have all these like five-star reviews, right? Well, that's because they paid for them. Yeah, like, which and is still illegal. Them. Yeah, yeah. That, that alone is illegal in itself. Like <laughs> sitting there and giving someone an item in return for a review is 100% illegal. And just reporting that to Google will get you wiped off of Google on its own. Like they're, they're, the company would never be allowed to be on Google, like period. Like just that alone. It's amazing to me just how much of this they were doing. They were hiring. Uh, now, this is interpretive, and I'm not going to try to downplay the seriousness of this. But another thing that they were doing was they were contacting female influencers, female athletes, and they were asking them to post photos like they asked me. So now, I obviously never got anything creepy, but apparently they were going above and beyond about, you know, what kind of poses they were asking them to do, mm. um, how many photos they were getting even after the agreement. And it's like you know, uh, another MMA fighter, he was sponsored by them. They were supposed to be working this big deal. He flew out to their headquarters. He took all these promo photos for them, never got paid a dime. 
Yeah. Not one. And so um, it's just amazing to me how long this company has been doing this. And then now hopefully they get to reap the whirlwind because I'm not going to stop. Like I'm going to keep going after them until finally I see their stuff no longer being sold until I finally see that ha not happening because what's happening, what's going to happen is scratch a lie, catch a thief. As yeah. soon as you start looking at somebody who's done this, not only is what I'm looking at a problem, but I'm sure that it's a much bigger problem than I can even imagine. So Alyssa, like I have my own, I, I have my own uh, experience with elite. Uh, they, they contacted me years ago. They, they go, Hey, we're going to send you a gi. We're going to send you some stuff, Can, you know, and I'm like, all right, go ahead, send it. They sent me the wrong size, and I, I contacted them. I'm like, you guys sent me the wrong size. There's nothing I can do here. Do you guys want me to send this back, and you'll send me a new one? Crickets. Crickets. So I didn't do anything. I, I gave that gear away. Yeah. That's on them, and, and I'm glad I didn't even, like, I probably could have squeezed into it. And taking a few mm. <laughs> Let's not lie to each other here now. Come on. That was an A4. I can I can kind of fit an A4. No, so first of all, you can't because we, I have it on video that you can't. Like, your A4, your A4, that wasn't an A4. It was an A4. Listen, I have video of Sean doing fat guy in a little coat. He couldn't get out of the gi. So instead of helping him, I just started filming him. But see, that's the, and it's funny because everything is happening now, which is kind of similar to what's going on with, with Monster Energy and Hans Molenkamp situation. Well, so the hard part about that is like, so I know Hans mm -hmm. and like, obviously I'm not in that business side of things with him. Um, so I have no clue what he's doing or what he's asking or how he's approaching yeah. like that. But it seems like the athletes themselves are kind of split. Like there are some athletes that are like kind of on that, like fuck Hans Mullenkamp train. And then there are a majority of the athletes that aren't. Yeah. And so I'd be really curious what constitutes a feeling. Cause like when you look at, when you look at like Dominic Cruz, right. And the thing that he said, like, yeah, he asked him to like do a picture or like a photo. Like, yeah, I, I don't it's know, like, no, it's not like that because I've seen the text messages that Hans has sent out. I like, okay. I've personally seen it to the athlete and it's one of those things where it's the same thing. It's not to like to the way that elite does, but it's one of those things where again, he picked and chose like who he was pushing the, the dime with, you know, and it was, it's one of those things like, Hey man, I just posted up this photo. Can you go ahead and share it and like it for me and leave a comment or whatever to gotcha. the extent like, which is okay. I get it. If it's a sponsor, cool. No problem. But what happened is he, and he did it to, to some friends of mine where it would be like, no, man, like, I'm not good. All right, dude. Well, you're on the burn list now. Like, don't ever come anything. I'm going to shit on your parade like this. Can and you other. do me a favor? Can you send me those text messages? Those screenshots? I can't, I can't send you those because I can't put them in, in on it unless they put themselves out there. I can't. Well, because, let them know that I personally yeah. would like to see them because yeah. obviously I'm one of those people like I I'm literally a skeptic for a job. For sure. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah, yeah. I need to see before I, I assume. But for at sure. the end of the day, like all I know is my personal experience, yeah. but I'm not sponsored. So I don't fucking know. Yeah. But he's, he's been nothing but cool to me personally. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's like, yeah, everyone's going to act differently to, to different people for sure. But I know it from my end from seeing it personally and until the people that are involved are going to sit there and show it. Cause I'm the same way. It's like, all right, well fucking show it. If he's been put on blast so many times, just show the text messages. 
Mm-hmm. It's that simple. It really is just that simple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, we're going to talk about it. Like we'll probably have to work on it because I'm, I'm working on getting that stuff out. I got so, you. And yeah, yeah. like, and I have no stake in the game. I'm sponsored yeah. by Kill Cliff because yeah, it's yeah. delicious. Speaking of which, have you, what's up, <laughs> what's up with the, uh, with the Joe Rogan one? I was thinking about getting one the other day. I haven't had it yet. I fucking like it, dude. Like, I didn't know. I'm not big into spicy stuff, but is actually, it spicy? Spicy? It's, it's a little spicy. It's not too super spicy, but it's got a little yeah. kick. Like, right. it's really good to mix with tequila. Uh, like, it's okay. good with tequila. Right. I got you. Yeah. What do you got there now? Uh, this is uh, the goat, the grapest of all time. Um, I, they didn't go with my name that I really wanted to go use, which was the grapest. Um, and, you kind know, I thought, you know, it's not bad, you know, grape them in the mouth, yeah. uh, but they didn't, they didn't really seem to want to go with that. So you got to be careful with that one. <laughs> you don't want to do the Sean Connery on that one. Yeah. So, I get away with a lot more than I probably should. <laughs> so, com- comedy wins. country. Yeah. yeah country. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah. So the documentary, when do you think you'll be able to like put out your final product? Um, well, I know that we started editing, even though we still have a few things to film, we started editing two days ago. Oh, nice. So, um, we're at the very beginning processes of like literally looking at all the footage. One of the interviews is 13 hours. So we're sitting down, we're watching the interviews and we're just taking notes on the things that we think are important or how they would go with the story. Um, a lot of intersection, which was great. So that helps us out a lot. Um, there was a lot of stuff about the Bujin Khan. Um, there's a lot of stuff about pressure points that popped up. There was a lot of like, we interviewed Dave LeDuc. We interviewed Stephen Thompson. We interviewed John Hackleman. Um, who else did we interview? We interviewed so many people. Uh, we interviewed Master Ken um, because, you know, he's a parody yeah. of these guys. And so it was cool to hear his perspective about how he uses these guys to make his character. And he has a great personal story as well about going to McDojo's. Right. Uh, so that was, that's definitely making it because he did... <laughs> So it's his story, but I gotta, I gotta say it, dude. Like we, pro- but to answer the question, yeah, um, probably not until May. I'm assuming that will happen. That's still pretty soon. That's quick. Yeah, that's still I soon. Mean, when you ain't got no money, <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta do it quick because editing, yeah. you know, at all costs. Yeah. And so, like every every time someone shows up to work, somebody's getting paid. And yeah. so, like, the faster you do it, well, the less money you spend on it. And so we're having to like really crunch the time. But we got lucky with another thing too. Um, there's a guy named on his handle on Instagram is Crime Sonics, um, or Crimes Sonic or something like that. Crime Sonics, and uh, he's actually like six-time Emmy award-winning sound producer for like shows. And out of nowhere, he's just like, "Hey, man, do you guys need a a, a guy to handle your sound?" And I was like, "Dude, can't like, afford I, you, bud. I, yeah, I can't. I can't pay you. Like, look, you won like five, you won like five, six Emmys." Like, I can't afford to pay you. Like, and then he was like, dude, I'm doing it for free. He goes, I got a team. He goes, they all handle all the major projects. I get to do passion pieces. And he goes, I want to be a part of it. That's awesome, man. Well, I can't afford to pay you because I can't afford to pay you anything. And you agreed to free. So, yes. So that was cool. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a big thing too. I mean, the, the sound part of it, you're, it's all interviews. So let me ask you a question. I mean, obviously no spoilers, but. Do any of the people that you interviewed at any point just kind of admit like, yeah, I know it's bullshit, but I'm still doing it? Um, well, the one person who we brought in, um, James Heydrich. So yeah. if for anybody who doesn't know, James Heydrich at one time was the most famous martial arts fraud of all time. As, as a matter of fact, we have news articles over there calling him the greatest psychic in the world. Mm-hmm. 
um, because he fooled so many people. He only had like a third grade education. He was severely abused as a child, like severely. It's really jacked up. Um, if you ever read the book, um, A Child Named It, it's like really similar to that. Like he got tied to a tree. They literally called him the dog. Um, he was abused. And so he ran away. And obviously he fell into a lot of trouble. Um, and then he, when he was in prison, he, like, he was like reading the Bible. And then he huffed like, and a page turned over. And he was like, huh. And then so he started to like develop that into like being able to breathe without moving his mouth. And he made it look like he was projecting energy. And while he was in jail, he actually converted a lot of dudes to Catholicism, to Christianity, because Boy. he convinced them that he had these powers. Like he was very convincing dude. Well, he winds up getting at the peak of his popularity was like 3000 students to join his martial arts studio. Well, this dude never trained. Like yeah. this dude was just like watch Bruce Lee movies and practice. Right. And so um, he was able to convince all these people. He got busted on a TV show. Uh, yeah. James, Randy. James, yeah, the, the great yeah. skeptic. Yeah, the man, the man, which rest in peace, he died last year. So yeah, um, I met him. I met him when I was 15, 16. James Randy, I got to go hang out at the James Randy Institute down in Fort Lauderdale. Nicest guy you could ever fucking meet. Nice. They're working guy. with us. They're working with us. Like we oh, really? contacted the, the James Randy, the the James Randy Institute, I do believe it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh the guy who's in charge of the Randy Institute now is a guy named Banachek. Mm -hmm. Um, and then so we talked to him and he like helped us understand how grifting works and how to fool people and shit like that. It was very interesting. Dude, he was um, one of the one of the probably one of the biggest influences to me for critical thinking in my life. And it was I met him in a like a one hour, two hour span. When I was working at the, the science museum down in Fort Lauderdale, the one with the big IMAX theater, and they just brought me over there. He taught me like a couple of uh, magic tricks. He taught me the trick to levitation. So I learned how to levitate and stuff. Dude, yeah. it's fucking great. Signed a book and gave it to me. It was one of the coolest days ever. Yeah, dude. He's, uh, he was the man and he busted James Heydrich um, yeah. on television. So James Heydrich after that went in a spiral. Um, he got busted um, for molesting five children. Um, he wind up getting... Uh, put in a mental institution as a part of a plea deal, which is where he still is. And so we actually brought him in a little differently than I think people would expect us to. Mm -hmm. um, we brought him in as a subject matter expert. We wanted to hear, because he's one of the few people on there who actually admits that it was a con. And yeah. so um, we brought him in to help us understand how other people are able to con. And um, interviewing him that way was just incredible like the things that he said, how he's able to like fool people. He fooled me on one thing. Like when we, he was like, let's do an experiment. And it was like, you know, it was super, something super simple, but it was a really hard hitting thing. Cause I did fall for it. He was like, you know, um, uh, he goes, hey, we can try it real fast with you guys. All right. But you gotta, you gotta answer very quickly. If you, okay. if you want to just do the experiment. All right. Okay. Do it on Sean. So that way you get one answer. Go Sean. All right, there you, you. Go. So, you know, you just gotta, again, you have to answer very quickly, but uh, can you do me a favor and spell spot? S-P-O-T. What do you do with a green light? Go. Good job. Yeah, he got me with stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, um, like one of the things is like when you do like little like things, like the way he set it up was just so damn good. Obviously, I'm not a professional con man. <laughs> but well, you're like, guiding the brain. Me. You're guiding well, obviously the brain I, I, Obviously, I am because I knew that was coming. So <laughs> right. you, you were already prepared. But yeah. yeah, man, it was, it was really interesting. Like, 
he, he talked to us in depth about like what he would do. Like if he was trying to fool people, like uh, there was a lot of times where like he was brought in and a lot of it was luck. Like he, you know, he met uh, with someone and they were trying to see if he could like produce some type of a, like an electrical current. And he had like a certain pair of pants on and he was just rubbing his pants because he was nervous and he didn't know what was going to happen. And he was causing a static charge. And so like when he waved his hand, like and he was like, oh shit, like my pants are causing static. Yeah. And so he just kept doing that. And like every time he put his hand up to this thing, it would like register as some type of a charge. It was really interesting. That's um, so funny. But he, he was like, we brought him in a little bit more like they brought in Ted Bundy for things where they would interview Ted Bundy to understand other criminals. That's yeah. kind of how we try to do with Rain, uh, with uh, James Hydra. Dude, that's so awesome, man. Like it's, it sounds like it's even deeper than, than what you're making it out to seem on, on social media. Like it sounds. Social media is funny because people see what they want to see. Yeah. Like when I put something out, right. Like I, everything that's done on that Instagram page is purposeful. Like if you look, like if you really want to know more about all of those things, you can just go to our YouTube. Like on YouTube, I do these in-depth breakdowns of who these people are and where they train and what they do and what their school's name is and what their style is. All that's over there. Um, on Instagram, though, it's just kind of like satire. I yeah. post it up. I make a joke about it. People laugh and then people scratch their head. Yeah. You make enough jokes, then people turn those jokes into kind of white noise. And then once white noise is made, then all of a sudden people are just kind of they look at it every day out of habit. OK, it's kind of droning. But then when you say something serious, it stands out. Mm-hmm. So like with the elite thing, right? Like, you know, that's a serious thing. With serious, There's nothing funny there. These people are just frauding people, right? Yeah. And so you make the joke, you make the joke, you make the joke, and then you say the important thing. Yeah. And then people pay attention to that because it's different and it's not the, the same thing you do every day. Yeah, and it's so not that's the norm. kind of the goal. So what's your, where are you planning to actually release the video? Because I know you got, you got to take care of your Patreons first and like everybody like that. Um, well, like um, that depends on distribution. So like yeah. when we did the, um, when we did the crowdfunding, one thing that we weren't able to give people was a copy because we plan on go, trying to get a legit distribution deal with uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime or, you know, Apple Plus, whatever. But we're trying to get a legitimate distribution deal. Well, if they turned around and told us, hey, you don't have the rights to be able to just give out copies of this, then we wouldn't have been able to follow through on our word. So we don't know where distribution is going to lie we got to talk afterwards because then i might have someone for you that might be able to help you out yeah right now we're in the process of putting together a deck and now that we have enough footage we're trying to put together a trailer and then once we get that that's where we can actually start like going out and trying to say hey this let's this is a movie we've made who would like to buy it who would like to share it or stream it yeah i might have somebody that might be able to help you out then for sure we got to talk about it because i'd love to figure out a way to help you out on that to get that out there so for sure, I got a contact or two that might be able to, you get might be able to work with. Now, most important question. Most important. Did you get the leg slapper? The leg slapper. What's the leg? You don't slapper? know the leg slapper, the guy that's like kneeling behind the dude and he's slapping the legs and he's twisting around the guy. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. I know because I have no clue who that guy actually is. Um, it's one of the most. Look, look. It's actually graceful. Whatever the guy's doing is actually graceful. What it would do, what it would do physically, again, I'm not, uh, no. But what yes. the hell are you talking about? You have, oh, dude, the leg slapper. 
it's the dude who looks like he's patting somebody down for TSA. Like he's like on his knees, slapping right. around on this guy's legs, like he's hitting pressure points. But it's ridiculous. You know who he looks like? He looks like um, who is Young Frankenstein? Um, Gene Wilder? No, no, the other one, the one that plays the monster. Oh, uh, the um, one that was he was on uh, everybody. Peter Boyle. Raymond. He yeah, looks Peter like Boyle. Peter Boyle, like full on horseshoe with a with a ponytail. <laughs> Fat dude, and he's like. Yeah, we didn't get get that guy. Like, if we were able to, if, like, one, if we were able to have, obviously, more funds, we'd be able to do more. But, um, two, right now, everything is all about what fits uh, a narrative, like, what fits the story. And so, some things just don't fit. Like, I would have loved to have had System in there, but it just, after we started filming, it just didn't fit, and there was no point to pursue it. Yeah. Um, Would Mikhail have done it? Well, the way we're doing things, he would have. Are you pulling? You're pulling the uh, the Borat card. You're pulling I, this. I, I can't. I, I. I'm. All I can tell you is that they are completely aware that we are filming a martial arts documentary. That's all that matters. That's all, that's that matters. all, they, that's all that matters. So, how much more do you have of filming left? Uh, three more things. So we have a seminar that we're going to be filming that I, I can't really talk about. That's the one thing I can't talk about. Today. Yeah. Um, and then we need to, we're going to be interviewing a doctor and interviewing an acupuncturist and then we're done. Man, dude, that's super, that's, that's exciting. I'm really looking forward. So hopefully knock on wood may I get that going. Well, hopefully we can get a distribution deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling that once, once you get the trailer, you get your deck, everything put together, you yeah. see it. There's, there's no reason why something like that wouldn't end up on, on Netflix for sure. Well, like, the, we have a couple things that are kind of in our favor. One, because we were still filming a little bit during like COVID times, there's not a lot of that stuff kind of ready to go. Yeah. Um, so it's nice that we, hey, look, we have a movie. Who else has movies? Oh, there's way less of you. So ha, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so a less competition. But the other thing is there's never been a documentary about this subject matter. Yeah. Um, we tried, we tried to look like, I wasn't like, oh, that's what we set out to do. Like, we actually were hoping there would be other reference materials. <laughs> we were like, well, what, what would that look like? And we were trying to find, like, other documentaries to reference, and there was nothing. No, was all nothing. you would ever find is, like, those little four-minute clips from random news TV stations where they talk about it, and that's it. That's it. And they're not really doing documentaries. They're just, like, interviews. Yeah. And so, like, we're trying to really do a deep dive to understand this behavior to, to try to get why someone would want to join this, to, to show people how to avoid it. And of course, like we went through it ourselves. I went through it myself and that's what everybody says, right? Why don't you just, why don't you just go? And then I bet you don't say the same thing after you experience it. Like, bitch, I did. I went to like, I went to like, um, I went to three different uh, things. I went to a Bujang Khan school, took the class, complete horseshit. I went to a uh, one by a guy who was Adam Misner, I went to an Adam Misner seminar, complete horseshit. As a matter of fact, that was probably one of the strangest ones because they alluded to being a part of some type of extraterrestrial organization. Yeah, we got some Heaven Gates guys. Yeah. And then like, um, then I went to a, a pressure point, like the Kyoshu Jitsu, like the no touch knockout crap, went to that utter bullshit. And the funniest thing is it's the first hour he's like pressing on my arm and it doesn't hurt. He yeah. wants it to hurt. I can feel he's putting pressure, but and I'm, I'm fought like I, I know what the hurt feels like and I know what annoying is and this is just annoying and he's pressing I'm like ooh, ee, just 
just going with it. And then yeah. after the hour was over, I just stopped pretending. And he was like, man, you must be getting immune to these. And I'm, I'm like, no, they just didn't it shouldn't work, work that way. Yeah. And then like, away. he was trying to dig into my neck with pressure points and it was like moving me because he's just pushing, but it wasn't hurting. He's like, these don't seem to be very effective on you. Like, bitch, none of these are effective. You're making this up. This so is did stupid. That's how I punch you in the face. Like, oh, you poked me. And I punch you in the face. Which one's more effective? You know? So was there like at any point in time where I was like, all right, give me your best student and I'll try jujitsu against that? No, 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 no. Because then like you have to deal with all the legalities that go behind that. Yeah. Like, like let's say the guy all of a sudden does get seriously hurt and then now we're getting sued. Or yeah. let's say the guy like decides like, or let's say we attack him and we don't have that in writing and then he can go back or we don't have it on film that he says that he agreed. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of legalities behind that, that I don't think a lot of people think about. Like yeah. in martial arts, we think like it's mano a mano. Yeah. For people who agree to fight each other, yeah. but if the other person doesn't agree, like that's why we were so, we were polite to every one of these people. None of them we were rude to. And you why? get more with honey than vinegar. I'm exactly. Big, we I'm got so much more crazy out of them by not being aggressive with them. And if yeah. we were aggressive with them, a wall comes up and then we don't get to hear what they were going to say. So like, it was so much better, I think this way, because even with the knife demonstration, right? Like no one had to hurt him to prove that he was a fucking moron, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like that was, that's all you need. You just need him to be crazy like, on camera. Stab, stab, stab. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> stab, stab. <laughs> By the way, I have a, to me, there's a level of this with Krav Maga as well. Not that, you know, you know, with the whole gun taking thing. There's nobody that's faster than a trigger finger. Yes, there is. Well, like, so the thing is, like, <laughs> how I've seen, um, I've seen this applied, like what they did with simunition rounds with like a face shield. Yeah, yeah, I've seen um, that video. So, um, it proves a lot of things, right? It proves like, one, you have to engage the person verbally. So if you just stand there and it's just them waiting to pull the trigger and you trying to react by, or them you trying to, to take the gun away and there's no back and forth exchange, they will shoot you every time. Like you have to first verbally engage them to get their mind to think about something else. So I've heard all kinds of stupid shit. Like somebody's like, what time is it? Like, bitch, he's not gonna tell you what time <laughs> it is. Like, he's not even gonna think about that. He's gonna punch you in the face with the other hand until you give him the fucking wallet, right? Yeah. But like, when, when you engage somebody like, please, I have a wife and kids, I don't. Then you do it. It's much different because now the process is, what is this person trying to say to me? Or yeah. what are you ask them a question like, all right, what do you want? And then as soon as they go to tell you, now their brain is processing what they're going to say and not pulling the trigger. So it gives you like a split little bit of time. And some of the stuff online is interesting where they'll try certain disarms and certain disarms don't work and certain certain ones did better than others. It was like a majority of the time the dude got shot in the face, but there were definitely others that they actually did kind of work. Yeah. Doesn't really so you, so you got to you got to roll them dice. Well, I mean, if the guy's maybe anyway, if your gun's already there, I mean, you don't have many options unless you get lucky and you can tell that it's a fake one. But good I luck. Probably should have rolled the dice with this hand because when but I you, did it with this hand, it, it might have looked like I was jerking somebody off over here. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was New highlight rolling the dice. Yeah, <laughs> but that was the same thing. Like back in the day, it was Danny Nasanto would go and teach like the police force about knife fighting and how effective people can be with knives or like, Oh, you can cover 15, 20 feet. Like it's faster for someone to come at you with a knife than for you to get your gun out. Like, well, is it? And no, there's, not. No, if you not. look, it's funny. Like, if you look, there's, you can find the old training video that he did for police yeah. online. 
So well, they're like, it was interesting. I think it is out there and it is, it's really eye opening. It's because, um, you know, obviously, if your gun is already drawn, it's much different than when it's holstered to be drawn. There's yeah. a, a time difference there. But what was happening was he would be rummaging around somewhere and then a police officer would be trying to engage him, not knowing what the, what the scenario was. And so he'd be like, sir, I need you to, to step away from there or something like that. And the police officer would just keep getting closer. And as the police officer would get closer, he, he already had like a knife already deployed. And he's like rummaging with one hand, but he has the knife kind of hidden out of sight with the other. And then all of a sudden he would just bolt at the dude out of nowhere. And he would stab the dude like 15 times before he ever, he was able to even get draw the gun because it was startling. You know, it's like, they don't, cause they weren't aware of what the gag was. They didn't know. And so that's how it would be a little bit more realistic is, you don't know when that person's going to just explode yeah. and stab you if they so, have that. So in basically, what you're saying is you can become good at like close up magic and like start doing card tricks. Oh no, for Next sure. Thing you know, but that's you're stabbing you a fool. Yeah, well, that's that's like the whole idea of even like a, a karambit. Like it's super easy to hide, and it's literally like palm your hand. It's very easy to to sit there and a what and slide that karambit. It's like a curved knife. Yeah, it's a little okay. knife. It's got a circle at the top. And it kind of looks like a like a shotgun. It's no. kind of like shaped like this. I don't know Super if I have the proper name, but I know curved knife with a circle. I just know the sound it makes when it kills a man. All right? <laughs> you lie. <laughs> I just know. So what's uh so what's the plan after the uh, the overwhelming success of this upcoming documentary? Another uh, one. Shit, man. If like uh, ultimately what we would like to do is we didn't know how much footage we'd really be getting. And we didn't know where this would go, but at this point, I think we can we could make a, a something more out of it if we if we got the opportunity. Like we could definitely do like a full on series for it for sure. Um, we could have like with the footage we have. I mean, we could almost make a series out of the stuff we have now. It's just a matter of being able to afford that, package it, and see who wants to buy it. But yeah, and what uh, you know, like one thing is like with the with McDojo Life is. You know, we're working on starting a website. So I'm trying to make sure that the website gets up. And then what that website will do is basically keep track of lineage. Um, so it'll allow people um, to basically have proof directly from the people who they, they were with um, that, hey, I am a black belt or I am a blue belt or I am whatever rank I am under so-and-so. And then every time some, something happens, this is what will keep track of everyone's lineages for real. Dude, um, I'm registered with IBJJF. Now I got to register with you. Well, like the, <laughs> let's say, let's say somebody uh, is not in jujitsu. Let's say somebody's in karate. Let's say there oh, are over a thousand versions of karate. Let's say yeah. it's a lot. There's over 200 versions of Salat, you know? And so keeping all that in track is much more easy when the community does it for you. And yeah. so, um, but we have something in the works for that, writing a book about back in the day, the old school smoker fights that used to be in bars. Yeah. Um, before things got regulated so when i was a kid um i was like 15 when i started fighting in those and i have like if you go on my youtube channel i have like a two-on-two fight that i did um yeah. that i posted up from back then because it was like the wild wild west dude they would yeah. let we'd have one-on-two fights we had two-on-two fights we had uh, three-on-three fights we had one versus three fights we had like uh, uh no weight classes sometimes it'd be a dude 110 pounds versus a guy who was 300 something pounds um it was like it was pretty cool back in the day now of course you know, there were complications, which is why things are regulated now, yeah. but it was fun, man. It was a fun part of my life. So we're writing a book about that. That's like, awesome. listen, I'm just trying to stay working, man. Like, you know, like the only way that the machine continues to, to move is if you can afford to pay for the machine to move. Yeah. How many people do you have on your team now? Me. 
Just you. <laughs> so the production company is all outside people. Well, yeah, like we we work together on projects here and there, but I mean, they are not McDojo, like they're Voto Studios. Right, right, right. So I'm definitely cool, check man. them out. Their work is great. Like I, I fucking love their stuff. They actually were the production team for Mexican martial arts. Oh, really? Um, you know, yeah, so all like the, the older school stuff and they still work with them today. He's actually, we're doing a show right now. Like as soon as I get off of here, which I should probably do. Yeah, um, we got to get you going. We're, uh, we're um, doing a show um, called Kung Fu Theater. You know, there's over like... um. It's like 500 uh, public domain Kung Fu movies yeah. that you can do whatever you want with. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're public domain. You can do with them what you want. And yeah. so what we're doing is we're doing like a mystery science theater thing where it's me and the dude from Mexican martial arts. Um, and we're sitting down and we're just roasting these old Kung Fu movies as we watch them. That's awesome, man. All right, well, we'll let you get going, man. Listen, I appreciate you taking the time. I know I've been wanting to get you on here forever. I'd love to have you back on here. Um, Everybody, please make sure you check out McDojo Life on YouTube, Instagram, all over the place. Make sure you support the movie coming out. Uh, yeah, hit me up. Let me know and see if uh, I can help you out getting uh, any kind of the distribution. At least I know one person that would be very interested in trying getting that out there so we can try working out. But anywhere else that you want them to really come uh, and, uh, and follow you on, Twitter? Um, yeah, I got Twitter, like, uh, you know, um, Reddit. Uh, which is the McDojo life on Reddit. Cause some asshole has McDojo life before I was able to get there. And yeah. then he like, doesn't do anything with it. doesn't answer his direct messages. Scumbags. So it's just like, what a butthole. Um, and then there's a, you know, we're, what we really want is we want to get our damn Facebook back. Facebook, you suck ass. Would you get shut down? We got shut down like almost a two years ago now, like for some copyright thing that wasn't actually a copyright issue. It fell under the fair use act. But the email that I used to use for that, this is how old my Facebook was, was a MySpace email. Because mm -hmm. when you first had MySpace, right, that's they actually really, accepted, they accepted the, email. And so, well, after things changed, like, they don't accept email anymore. So, like, they want you to communicate to Facebook using the email you signed up with. And it's like, that goes to nowhere, you assholes. Like, I'm never going to get an answer back because that inbox isn't real. So, I mean, that, that one's on you. You can't bring MySpace into Facebook. Like, who the fuck is this asshole? Fuck him. Shut him down. That's what really happened. What yeah. I did. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, whatever we can do to, to help support, man, just, just shoot me a message. Let me know. I'm always down to, to support the cause, man. You, you have some awesome content. You do something really, really positive for the uh, community. So I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate the support and I love talking shop. So thanks for having me on. No, thanks, man. Take care. Have a good weekend and, uh, and enjoy your Kung Fu movies, bro. Yeah, man. Old school. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care. Later. Later. Yeah, dude. Rob, Rob's a good guy, man. Rob's yeah, dude. And he's about that life, man. That's, yeah. that's what's important to me. That's what's important is being about the life. And it, you know, it's like, we don't take this seriously, but we take it seriously enough that we don't want people shitting on what we love. And that's well, you what know what do. it is? It, like, I, yeah, the, the shitting on what we love is part of it, but it's really shitting on our good name of what we do. Because at the end of the day, what we get out of jujitsu is something that, yeah, it's cliche, it's cheesy, where we say, like, it's changed our lives. A hundred percent. It's... A, cent a central part of our lives obviously the podcast teaching like you're teaching i'm teaching muay thai like the martial arts in itself is 
really, really a part of why we wake up every day and what we do. And yeah. it's set up a, a, a guideline for everything we do and why we do it. So to have the, the fakes and uh, the wannabe, you know, gurus and stuff like that kind of shitting on it, it puts a bad name. And then look at what happened to karate. It happened to karate. It happened uh, to Kung Fu. It's, it happens to everything. I mean, there's fake boxing coaches and stuff like that. Look at, uh, what's his name? Tar, uh, what was his name? Tard Tardarian, Tarvarian, whatever. Ronda Edmund? Rousey's coach, Edmund. Yeah, yeah, Edmund Tarvarian, whatever. Like, that was that's a fraud. That man is 100% fraud. And he, uh, I can't say he's a fraud because Ronda Rousey got to where she was 100% out of her own, like, hard work and skills. Well, no, 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 but he is, he is a legit striking coach, and there are guys that are, that came out of there that are legit. Give me a name. Um, wow, oh, that I guy, know yeah, I know name. that guy, yeah, I know that guy, that oh, guy's Hold awesome. on, hold on. He's, he's, he's fighting in the UFC right now. Um with Edmund as his striking coach. Yeah. Watch it be someone that just got knocked the fuck out the other day. Uh, he's a young kid. He's a prospect. Is it? Let me see. Uh, Edmund Shabazian. Ed, Edmund Shabazian? Shabazian. Yeah, didn't he get knocked out? Uh, uh, he, well, he's a, he's a super yeah, young he's, guy. Yeah. No, I know. But, but he's, got a lot of, he's got a lot of hype behind him. Um, yeah, well, so did Cooper. That didn't work out for him. Either way, anyway, there's there's guys all over the place. So the fact that at least we have someone now in the community that's dedicated on putting it out. I mean, I would love to sit there and help out and doing that because I love roasting people. Um, but Rob, born in 1997. <laughs> yeah, that's young blood. I just turned 21, or no, right? Yeah, 23. 23. Yeah. That's young boy. He's number 12 in the yeah. UFC. Um, yeah, it's um there's 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 a lot of people in the community that for sure benefit from seeing what happens on uh on McDojo Life. So make sure you check out the YouTube channel. They put on like he's got a lot of content out there. Um it's really, really cool to to see. Like I said, I, we've been fans of McDojo Life for, for years and years. So it's cool to to see him popping up like that. I'm really, really excited to watch this movie now. I'm really well, excited yeah. to see well, this I, I, You know what I, I love more than anything is it's asking a legit question. Yeah. And answering it is 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 and it's and, not and, doing and, it with a bias or off of old footage. Right, it's right. like you're putting in the effort to see the, you know, sitting down with the people like that. Excuse me, that interview that he was talking about where like the guy tricked him too. It's like, man. That's that's an interview that I want to watch. It's almost like watching the the Iceman, the Kuklinski like interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I watched that way too many times. Just to sit there and like see what he's going through, like mentally, it's so fucking crazy. It's so crazy. The actor that played him in the movie did good too. Did you ever watch the movie? No. It's the guy that did Zorg or whatever from the the new Superman. He's the one. He's the one that plays him in the movie. It's really fucking good. Oh, Zod. Zod. Yeah, I was gonna say Zorg. Michael Shannon. Yeah, dude, he plays him so well. It's like creepy where he does the whole like, where he like chews on his tongue and breathes out his nose. 
It's way too, way too deep into it. Um, that was cool, man. I'm really, really thankful yeah. for Rob to coming on. I appreciate it. I know it, like he was tight on time and, and I appreciate him uh, taking time and on a Sunday the, to come on. For the record, there's a lot of, there is a lot of culty shit with jujitsu. Oh, there's a ton. I, we could have sat here like all afternoon and talk about it off of our own examples. Yeah. You know, let alone for all the crazy stories that, that he's talked about, but. No, I just mean uh, uh, that surround the art, the the martial art itself. I don't even just like. There's a lot that's to it. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, when jujitsu becomes their life, yeah, it really does. And 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 because you get you feel like you're getting so much out of it, so it's like you want more of it. So it becomes addicting almost. So hundred no, percent, so like, it's addicting. A hundred percent, it's addicting. It's. It's weird little, it taps into our, would it be primordial? It taps into our, our primitive, primitive is the word. It taps into our primitive desires and necessities and urges of where we need to actually have that kind of combat. We need to have that actual fight. And the fact too is, it's a every time you go to train it's a it's a mini life like you're taking no 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 no, no, no. yeah I, I know what you're saying it's 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 you're you're the battle that you have in a lifetime span of being from you know one years old to let's say 60 years old all those battles all those trials and tribulations can happens easily in one be put, happens in a five minute span yeah, Sometimes you, you could have a whole awesome life. You could have a whole shitty life. You could have the ups and downs. You come up on top, ups and downs. You come out on bottom like you're fucked. Like it all happens. But every time where you have that one little success, that one win, that one little win here, or even if it was now nah, you got the pass that you always wanted to try and get, you finally got on somewhere. Man, that's addicting. That's addicting. It's it's direct. It's uh, what's it called? Positive reinforcement. It's positive reinforcement. It's what it is. It really taps into it. So it's cool. Um, Listen, like I said, don't forget to go check out McDojo Life. Go support them. Go hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel and uh, go follow them on Instagram. Let them know we sent you. Uh, he's got shirts. He's got all that stuff. Always uh, cool to support the people that actually are doing something positive for the community like us. So don't forget to follow us too. Follow us on Instagram at Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Follow us on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. It may not seem like much to you, but it actually helps us out a great deal because the more people that hit the subscribe, the more people actually you see it right as soon as we put it out there. And uh, it actually gets us more uh, noticed online, and we really appreciate it. And it's reason of reasons like that where everyone hits that subscribe button and shares it, which is why we got new sponsors and why we have our sponsors from day one that have always supported us. I find a, try and find a, a, a podcast, a beginner podcast like ours, even though we've been doing it for a while, that has managed to have the support from the same sponsors from day one without backing out. So without further ado, don't forget to go check out Chocaloha. You can get a shirt, awesome shirt like this, uh, you know, you could go to Giraffe Choke, get a hat like this. Go to uh, Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co., get yourself some soap. You can get it all at a discount when you use the promo code JJ Radio. And finally, once again, our newest sponsor, 
AJG fight. Go to AJG fight on Instagram. It's the letter A, Cota G underscore fight on Instagram. And you can get your Gi heat press competition ready with a quality manufacturer, quality business. You're not going to have to worry about it going away after one wash, two washes. The stuff stays on. Let them know we sent you. You'll get hooked up. It's a small company, and you'll get the customer service that you've always wanted because we know we've tried how many times now to go get patches made, to go get our geese heat press, and it's always some kind of issue one way or another. They don't have the quality. AJG Fight has it. So make sure you check them out. Let them know we sent you. They'll take care of you. And then, other than that, that's it for us. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.